Hey, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to Season 4 of the Coaching Minds Podcast. This season, we're covering the complete program. We want to help you make 2021 the best year yet. Hopefully, it's going well for you so far. We're a couple of weeks into the new year. You're still striving after those goals you've been reaching after, uh, and you're just putting in the work day after day, 1% better. And we want to help you to make it the best year for you, your team, your family, whoever is involved with you and comes into contact with you today. We've got some great stuff. We're going to be talking about championship performance. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and C. Before we get into that, what did we go through last week, Ben? So remember, step one was just understanding here's the proper technique. We can't expect our guys to be able to pull or shoot or swing or throw or whatever technique we want with without understanding Here's what the standard is. Here's what perfect technique looks like. Making sure that we know what our non-negotiables are and make sure that as coaches, we don't make excuses if our players don't get that, but we teach it to them. That's our job. Talked about the Urban Meyer teaching method. Tell them, show them, walk through, jog through, full speed on air, full speed in a small group, and then run it in a competitive situation. Step two was the assessment of skills. You know, whether that's giving guys a letter grade or that's giving them a grade from one to 10, but being able to break down, here's the different components of playing this position, the footwork, the accuracy, the timing, the whatever, um, and being able to assess, here's where you're at. Number three, where do they have room for improvement and help them make that plan? But remember, just like we talk about all the time, just making the plan doesn't make you better. You got to put it to work somehow. So, you know, that's getting the plus ones in after or before or during practice, practicing deliberately, making sure that guys know how to manage their time and also use a visualization to get just a little bit of an edge over their opponent. All right, so as we head into this new episode and we're talking about the complete program, a championship performance, you have to think as a coach or player to be a champion, what does that look like? And the Navy SEALs have their big four. What are those, Ben? Yeah, they've got visualization, arousal control, goal setting, and self-talk. That's basically kind of the the mental side of their performance is they want to make sure they knock out those four things. And, you know, I, I love those because it really it fits in with the focus cycle that we talk about all the time. You know, the arousal control, that's just controlling your body. They teach them how to do the deep breathing, things like that. Goal setting, they teach it as chunking and prioritizing so that it's not overwhelming. Really, they want their guys to focus on what can I control what matters now. And then the, the self-talk is the exact same stuff that we, that we do with the goal setting and with the focus cues and things like that. And then just practicing all of that, they add in the visualization piece, but just being able to control your mind and body in those high pressure situations is what's going to help you be successful when it comes time for performance. And just to be clear, we've kind of already covered this topic um, all the way back in season one controlling your mind and body. Today we're looking at all right as a as we're building a complete program, how do we need to teach this to our players? How do we need to get our guys to kind of buy into this and how can we best explain it so that we can teach our guys how to control their mind and body so that they can perform at their best when it matters the most. 
And this this kind of all developed as we've talked about 2013 go to a state championship and we don't have a championship performance, right? right. And and we dive in what was wrong with it. And well, part of it was this guy, I don't I think his name was like Terry McLaurin or something. <laughs> um, he was part of the problem and the other side Large was <laughs> the the mental side of it and that's yeah. kind of where things started to get into going. Yep. Uh, just weren't ready. And so you put together this championship performance. What do you have to do mentally to be ready to play at that top level? Yeah, and and I'm glad that you brought that up because it's one thing to kind of come up with all these things and say all these fancy words. It's another thing for your players to be able to actually do it. And just like we talked about in last week's episode, you know, Urban Meyer had a way that he wanted all of his assistant coaches to teach new skills and new concepts and things like that. We've got to make sure that we teach our athletes how to control their mind and body the right way. And this is this is actually the topic of my new book. I've got two chapters left that I still need to write and then got some editing and getting it to the publisher and all that stuff. But how do we break this down into small manageable chunks? Because we, we've got to teach them, you know, just like Urban said, you got to show them and tell them and walk through the process, that's what we've got to do. Now, keep in mind what we're talking about today. When it comes time for competition, hopefully by the time the season rolls around, our guys can just hammer through this and they can fly through this. And it takes like a matter of seconds. But what we have to do first is break it down and go through each step so that they understand what the process looks like. And if you and if you haven't gone through it, you can't expect huge results, right? We've been in a coaching situation where uh, our players didn't do what they probably should have. And we kind of just stood there after the game and looked at each other like, well, we, we can't expect them to do that because we never coached them to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, and, and if you don't coach them through it and you don't walk them through the, these mental steps, they're not going to be able just to have it happen yep, in the moment of the game. So let's start with an point. event. Sure. The, what is that big event? You know, for my, my wife, we talked about, it was that trip, uh, the snowboarding trip to Whistler where we got stuck in that bad storm and she basically had a nervous breakdown. We've all had that moment where this is the most kind of off target I've been with controlling my mind or controlling my body. And so when I'm working with a team, we really want to make sure that each player identifies this in their terms. And so when I'm giving the example, I always start with my wife's snowboarding example because I don't really want to start putting thoughts into their mind. I want them to identify what's going on in their mind. So we know we have the big event. We know what that is. We go through the focus cycle, how we're going to manage this. Um, and that's going to determine how successful we are. Then what do we have after that? Right. So once once the guys understand, all right, this is the specific event that I'm thinking about, then it's a little bit easier for them to relate everything that we're going to talk about back to that event. And so I always go through what's system one and what's system two, you know, the intentional versus the automatic. What does that look like? You, you don't really need to go super deep into it, but I do think it's important for the guys to realize this is not just something that coach came up with. This is something that's based on cognitive brain research and neuropsychology. It's not, I think here's what's happening in your, in your mind and in your body. It's, I know here's what's happening in your mind and body, and I can help you take back control. So starting with kind of system one, 
and system two. And that, that next step is let's be aware of what's happening automatically. So in, so in that top box, um, I'm going to have them write down what is it that they automatically focus on in that big pressure moment, that time where they got off track, that big moment. And then after I give them a little bit of time to write down what, what their mind focused on, then maybe I'll give them some additional things or some other examples, um, you know, focusing on the score, focusing on the weather, focusing on a bad call, focusing on, you know, bad past performance. Last time I played at this golf course on this hole, I went into the water or focusing on, oh no, I just went out of bounds. What's that going to do to my final score? You know, thinking about future events. Uh, and so, you know, give them, give them some of those examples, especially for the kids that are maybe struggling to understand exactly what you're thinking about. I just don't like to do it first because I want the kids to have a chance to write down what was going on in their mind. So after you've gone through that, do we now teach the guys, the girls, how to fix their focus and bring it back in? Or It's better to kind of move on with what, what all is happening automatically before we start talking about how are we going to fix it. So then the next step would be the self-talk. What automatically is running through their mind and have them write that down and have them say, you know, I was thinking I'm not good enough or here we go again, or I don't belong out here. And again, once they've had a little bit of time to write, then I would give them some of those examples, but I, I just don't like to put thoughts into their mind ahead of time. And once you've gotten that self-talk kind of, or you've gone through it, it might not always be perfect. It's not going to always be perfect, right? There's always kind of that doubt, but you have to have the self-talk to build it up. What's next with our focus cycle, which is body. So what does that look like? So just helping them identify the, the main ones would be, what were the physical effects of stress that you felt? You know, we've all learned about fight or flight response in science class. What did you feel? And with this one, sometimes I will give them the examples ahead of time. You know, maybe your breathing rate increased or it felt like your heart was beating out of your chest or all of a sudden you had this rush of adrenaline or your muscles tensed up or you had butterflies in your stomach um, or your mouth got dry or your hands got shaky. What, what were some of those physical reactions that you noticed? Also, this is where we will talk a little bit about body posture also. Um, you know, what, what did your body language look like? What happened with your head and with your shoulders and with your eyes and things like that? And just have them write down, here's what automatically happened physically. So we're now we're at that big stage, uh, the championship performance, what we're trying to get to. And we've, we've lost our focus. We've talked negative towards ourselves, our body. We can feel that it just doesn't feel great. Uh, our emotions are kind of all out of whack. What's the next step? Yeah. And kind of helping them put a, put a, a word or a name on what they're feeling. Is it, I feel unconfident. Is it, I feel, you know, some of the guys, they make a mistake and they go straight to anger. You know, what is that emotion that you're feeling? And, and again, with this, I will give them the examples ahead of time. And I will say, you know, my wife felt terrified. Um, or, you know, in this situation, we felt unconfident. 
you know, a lot of times there's kind of a generalization that girls feel more emotions than guys. And while, you know, that, that may be true, that may be true and is a, you know, a topic for a completely different conversation. I'll, I'll just go out there and say, I've worked with males who really struggle on the emotional side. And I've, I've worked with females who they don't have a clue how to identify the emotion. They just know their hands are shaky and they want to fix it. Um, but just putting a word on it so that now they've got four things they've got in this big event that I was going through. I focused on this. I said this to myself, I noticed this in my body and I started to feel unconfident. And so now we're starting to build that awareness of this is what my body went to. And this is what my mind went to in this big moment. And so now that I'm aware of how I've gotten off track in the past, when I start to feel myself getting off track, I can be intentional and I can use system two. And so I, I really do think we've got to make sure that we don't just skip over that emotional piece because you're going to have athletes on your team that that's what they identify. They identify, I feel unconfident before they identify those other things. So once you're aware of it, that's step one, right? Now you can go and make the changes you need to do, make to have that championship performance. Right. And that's that's where we're going to get system two involved. And, and again, remember, it's just like one plus one. You don't have to work at that. You know that the answer is two. But 17 times 24, you would have to put some intentional thought into that your mind is not going to just focus on the right things or say the right things or help your body can, you know, kind of calm down automatically. And when I'm doing this with a team, I usually work backwards. So, you know, we started with focus and then went to self-talk and then physical or body and then went to emotions. And so now I'll start with, all right, let's go backwards. If you want to feel calm you want to feel confident or you want to feel in control, what do we need to do to make that happen? And so the, the next part, we get to the body and you know that's where we'll teach them, here's how you do the breathing. Here's how you do the forced muscular relaxation. Here's what your body language should look like. Um, if, if you're hearing this for the first time, you can go back to season one, episode two, I think, controlling your mind and body. Sorry ahead of time that the audio quality is not real great. We had a cheap microphone from Best Buy. We weren't nearly as big time as we are now. <laughs> that, yeah. So sorry ahead of time, but the, the content's still there and the content's still good. Um, but kind of, you know, more specifically when we're talking about it in this team setting, I love having everybody take out their cell phone and I love having everybody identify, here's my breathing pattern. I'm going to inhale and I'm going to start my timer. And remember, a lot of these guys, a lot of these girls have no clue what belly breathing is. Um, and I, I had my first athlete ever uh, a couple months ago that could not stick their belly out as they were inhaling. They kept sucking their belly in when they were inhaling, which is going to decrease the amount of lung capacity they have. So, I mean, this kid literally couldn't take deep breaths. And so we had to lay him on his back put his hands on his belly button and say, all right, I want you to push your belly up, push your hands up into the air. And I had to kind of teach him, here's what this feels like. Here's how you should be taking a deep breath and you should be inhaling. And it, you know, again, that's, 
that's not something that I would normally take the time to do. I just kind of assumed that everybody could stick their belly button out while they took a deep breath. But naturally for some of us, it's not the case. Then once they have kind of that that timer, uh, one of the things that I really like about smartphones is you can download an app that'll basically have, you know, a heart rate sensor on it where you stick your finger over the flashlight and then the camera kind of detects pulses in your finger. And so guys can get very quickly their heart rate. And so, you know, we, we would even have, we would even have races. This, this is at a later time getting a little bit off topic here, but I I do want to mention it. We would have races where, you know, they're counting backwards from a hundred by seven and all of a sudden I startle them or I scream or I clap my hands and ah, and their heart rate goes up. And then we have a race and we see who can between player a and player B get their heart rate back down below 90, the fastest. Um, and so allowing them some way to practice taking their deep breaths or, you know, at the end of sprints, tell everybody, all right, use your breathing. And they're not going to be able to necessarily inhale for six, hold for two, exhale for eight in that moment, but getting away from and getting into and practicing slowing down their heart rate that, you know, that's just some more ways that you can do this and you can make this stick and you can, you know, better teach your guys to feel in control physically. All right. So what about with self-talk? You know, there's really two tools that we talk about. There's the rephrase and there's the replace. And so the, the rephrase, um, my initial instinct when my alarm goes off at five 30 is to think, Oh, not this again, helping them figure out what's that situation where you have bad talk. What's that initial thought that pops up in your mind. And then what's kind of the new thought, Hey, this is a, you know, this is a good way that I can outwork my opponent at six o'clock in the morning. One of my biggest, um, people that I listened to more than anybody, um, was the great Zig Ziglar. And he said, phrase that as the opportunity clock. So when that goes off, it's like, Oh, opportunities here to go get better. Just kind of that mindset we've talked about with the, um, self-talk to get you out of bed, say, here we go. We're going to get better. I love it. You know, and then figure out, you know, maybe after I strike out, I have this response. And so my new thought is going to be, I'm going to hit I'm, a dinger next at bat. There, there you go. Um, you know, or I had a quarterback that struggled with after an interception, his body language would immediately be terrible. And he would say, great, here we go again. And so, you know, we kind of paired up, look, after you throw an interception, you're going to get your eyes on the highest bleacher and you're going to say, get ready. Because we kind of talked about ahead of time and he knew when this happens, we're going to come back and we're still going to be aggressive. We're not going to come out and just hand the ball off a whole bunch of times. We're still going to, you know, do our game plan and we're still going to attack. And so in the back of his mind, he's just thinking, hope they're not even ready for this. They better get ready because I'm going to come out and I'm going to be on fire and we're going to march right down the field. That's something that's good for when we can prepare for it, right? We foresee the problem coming. But yeah. What about in the moment when we can't, we don't, we can't foresee this problem showing up? Sure, and the, you know, then we're having that that go to statement or that thing that we can always say um, to to get our mind back on track, to get our self talk back on track. Um, won't go into a bunch of detail. We've talked about it before, but basically, what am I confident in? What am I working to achieve? So, you know, my example was I put in the time, I put in the work, 
I'm the best football coach in the state of Indiana. Um, that, that was what I used when I started to get off track. And that's, that's just something that you can walk through with your team. All right. And finally, the last piece of our uh, focus cycle is that itself just focusing. Right. And, you know, here's where I think it's really important. Don't let guys just think about this, force them to write it down and, and, you know, fill out that chart. What are the things that I can control? What are the things that I cannot control in this situation? What are the things that matter right now? What are the things that do not matter right now? You know, with a quarterback that just throws an interception, does it matter if he made the wrong read on, you know, what the Mike linebacker was doing on a Tampa two? Yes. Does he need to fix that right now? No, not necessarily. Like we, you know, if he needs to prepare for that for the upcoming drive because it's an adjustment that they made, you know, fine. If it's, you know, but helping them kind of differentiate and distinguish between does it matter right now or hey, can we fix it later? And as a coach, that's something that we have a lot of power. We can say, hey, don't worry about that. I didn't coach that well enough. I didn't prepare you for that situation. I didn't prepare you for that look. That's on me. We'll fix it later. Can can really have a lot of power with an athlete and can help them move on or move past that bad performance or that screw up or that that moment where they're feeling stressed out or they're feeling a lot of pressure and can help them sort of just put that off to the side and move forward and focus on the right things and focus on the things that matter. So that's kind of the whole thing when we talk about championship performance what it looks like, what you have to do to reach that level um, day in and day out. If you'd like some additional help on the topic, just connect with us online at mentaltrainingplan.com. Reach out to us at mentaltrplan on whatever social media platform that you use. If you've enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, we'd love to hear from you or have you share it with a teammate, a colleague, um, somebody and if you uh, who would benefit from it or leave us a review that would be huge for us and continue to grow this show and continue to just get better and better content. And until next time, make your plan and put it to work. Mm-hmm.